VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to Wine Times, brought to you in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. With me, comedian and wine novice Susie Ruffle. And me, Will Lyons, the Sunday Times wine columnist and vice president of the Sunday Times Wine Club. Throughout this series, I have taken up the much coveted role as apprentice of wine to try and become a master of all things grape-related. But you won't be on this journey alone, Susie. Oh no, every episode we'll be joined by a well-known guest for some good wine, good times and good conversation. And don't forget, if you like the sound of any of the wines we have on the show, then fear not, because they're all available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there's a link in the episode description just for you. So, whether you're on cloud wine... Or you're feeling a little mellow... In this show, you're sure to find something that suits your taste. And we're here in the fabulous church-turned-boozy destination Amazing Grace in London Bridge, ready to bless the wine and, as always, have a good time. Discussing and decanting with Susie and myself today is TV personality, podcaster and entrepreneur Jamie Lang. Yes, that's right. Jamie could win an award for the many different roles he juggles. Now, we first fell in love with him as a cheeky chappy 10 years ago on Made in Chelsea. And since then, he has scaled the business world, becoming the founder of our favourite vegan sweets, Candy Kittens. And that's not even a lie. I even said when he came in how much I like it, which is the second fastest growing sugar confectionery brand in the UK. Plus, he's been busy conquering the podcast sphere with his many successful podcasts, including Private Parts, Six Degrees and Nearlyweds. Hello. God, it's so embarrassing when people give you intros because they feel like they have to be nice. You could just say he's that knob from the TV (laughs) (laughs) and everyone would go, oh, it's him. That's fine. But that's a very kind intro. Thank you so much. I don't think of you as as Made in Chelsea anymore. That feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? Well, thank God, because that was a real brush that stayed on turns out when you do a tv show for very long like main chelsea people still think you're from main chelsea and also the problem with doing main in chelsea is that they just think you're rich posh and an idiot and so you that's not that sexy at the moment i was about to ask you for a loan does that yeah, mean you you're not <laughs> yeah you can have it you have as much as you want but it was a long time ago wasn't it made in chelsea though, wasn't it? well main chelsea started we started it uh 11 years ago we started it. Was, it launched seven years ago and it's, it's still going today. But I stopped doing it about two years ago, two years ago because it's one of these things. If you do reality TV, it consumes your life. Yeah. And what people think it's easy. First, you, the great things about doing reality TV is that you become a master of sort of ad-libbing because you have to walk into a scene and they say, right, you've broken up with her, but she's not going to be there. But your friend now fancies her. So you now talk and you go, OK. And so you go in there and start doing it. But it's heavy on the soul. Because you're constantly fighting, you're constantly arguing. It's a food chain. So if you're not the one breaking up or kissing or whatever, then you're not really that usable because 
you can't sit there and talk about the weather. So you're in this constant di dilemma in your head, especially when I was younger, was like, okay, what are we doing here to make everything entertainment? And then what happens is that every single thing becomes a scene. So you would walk and see your friends and you'd go, I have to be funny and I have to be entertaining. I have to give them something because we, because half your life is filming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can see why the Kardashians have a really tough time because they yeah. film every day for the last like 11 years or whatever it is. I think that when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was be famous. <laughs> and yeah. I thought, wouldn't it be wicked that when you become famous? And then you get some sort of fame and you're like, what happens now? And yeah. nothing happens. <laughs> you just have your photo taken more and that's about it. And I think that people get confused sometimes with like, you know, if you're famous for being a comedian or you're famous for being a journalist or you're famous for being a rock star, whatever it is, it's good, right? Because the more kind of notification, sort of more profile you get, the bigger your crowds are, the bigger, more people read your articles, the more people, I know, watch your movies, whatever it is. When you're famous for not doing anything, you're just left with just people realizing who you are. And then as that slightly disappears, they just go, I knew that bloke who just did that <laughs> thing and you go yeah that was me and that's about it so it's a weird one I'll speak for myself certainly I found when I was growing up I thought well if I become something like a comic and I do this thing and I do that and then I'll have all the things and I'll be able to have a, a nice house and I'll be able to have all these things but then what happens is you get all those things then you're like oh I'm still me yeah, oh yeah. I'm still me in this scenario I'm yeah, still yeah. anxious and I'm still like oh worried that I've said and the insecure in and, all yeah. what it is yeah. and also I, I thought that I thought that we got to like the age I was like I don't really know what I'm doing and then you get to the age of I was like when I get to 30 it's all gonna fall into place I got to 30 and I was like oh, I don't fucking know, I know. I, <laughs> and then you go everyone's been guessing everyone yeah, yeah. my parents are guessing yeah. everyone's been guessing yeah. and that for me was a confusing part I think I, I suddenly realized that everyone's guessing everyone's still insecure you never really get out the age of 18 yeah. you kind of that's where you start get stuck sort of mentally and that was quite a sort of profound moment I think for myself mm. Yeah. So was it a conscious effort that you were like, right, I'm going to stop doing the reality yeah. stuff? Because you've been doing private parts for quite a long time, haven't you? Yeah, I, so I did, I did Main Chelsea for about 10 years. And typically like a lifeline in like that is like five years if you do a reality show because it becomes too tough, all these different things. I really gritted out and they were like, look, we're going to have to kill you off, I think, unless <laughs> we're going to have to murder you because this is going too long. No, I kind of, I, I was, you know, I, I dated numerous people and all these different things. And then um, I met, I'd always, this is, I swear to God, I'd always sworn to myself when I started the show. I was like, I'm not going to fall in love on the show. I'm going to date people in show, but I'm never going to fall in love. And then I met my fiance now called Sophie on the TV show. I'd never met her before. And for ages, I didn't want that to be our story. I was like, yeah. no, I, I like met her in a bar or like, mm -hmm. I know we were walking down the street and it was raining and we bumped into, I know you wanted something like sexy and cool. Um, but that's our story and that's okay that we met on this TV show. And uh, I fell in love with her and I thought, right, I can continue doing this show, but I know what happens in relationships. I know how hard it is. And I thought, look, now's the time to step back from it because mm -hmm. if I need to grow and do these things and actually want this to work, I'm going to have to step away. And so I stepped away because I fell in love pretty much. Yeah. That's a yeah, lovely which is reason nice. to. <laughs> yeah. And now you've got a new podcast about being nearly... Yeah. Weds. Nearly, nearly weds. weds. Yeah, we, we, I, so I proposed to Soph, and it's a fun, when you, when you propose to someone, it's the funniest thing, they go like, oh my God, it's like the greatest moment of your life. And for me it was, but I, they go like, you feel like you're floating. The only reason I felt like I float, was floating because it's like severe anxiety. <laughs> like, it's the weirdest <laughs> thing in the world for someone to walk in and then you say this, they had, she had no idea what was going on. And then in both our heads, I was like, 
you're a stranger. I've only known you for four years. And like, we're suddenly committing ourselves to this life together. Yeah. And then we, you get engaged and this whole process of getting married is bizarre. Yeah. Uh, flowers? I didn't realize flowers could cost that much. <laughs> I, like, we, we got like a wedding scent done, which is where you go. What? You're, yeah. With that narcissistic that we think that at our wedding, we have to have a scent because everyone's going to want to bottle that forever and keep it. Oh. So we went to <laughs> Joe Malone and they make you a wedding scent that you bottle and you can pick the smells and then you yeah. spread around your wedding and it smell, that smell reminds you. Nice idea. Which is quite a fun yeah. idea. So all of these things were going on. I thought, holy shit, we've got to document this. So I said, well, why don't we do one about the wedding industry, but also following what we're doing at the same time. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people are going through this. And so we're doing it together and it's called Nillyweds and it's funny, I think, and it's all right. Well, <laughs> a good place to start for today's episode would be, have we got a sparkling wine We today? have a sparkling wine. So we're talking about Nillyweds and um, it's English Wine Week, middle of summer. The vines are flowering this week. So we have an English wine. We have a sparkling wine from the Thames Valley, Harrow and Hope, which is a club favourite. This is, yeah. that, I, that's so good. Yeah, that's really good. That is like, that is good. Yeah. I mean, you could have this at your wedding and people would love it. It's, and it's not where it was, I'm not talking about Harrow and Hope, but it's not where English wine was 15 years ago. We now have that toasty brioche. I love character. that. Yeah. I, and, I would and purity. That. And, and do you know what I like about it? It has the elegance and the finesse. And it's a blend of the same grape varieties they use in Champagne, so Chardonnay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a picture of that and... and Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir. Go for it. Go, that go. is so it's delicious. Really good, isn't it? Yeah, it's really nice, isn't I'm, it? I'm allowed to have a... Can I? Yeah. Mm. That's how the pro does it. Look at that. That is lovely, isn't it? And do you know what you could serve that with at your wedding if you, if you want it to be cool? Not Parmesan chunks. A small cone of mini fish and chips. That's what you do with that? that bit. It's a sort of small eats. That would go so well with that. Well, because it, it's the sort of tanginess. Fat, yeah, the, the, the tanginess. The, 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 the tanginess. The, um, <laughs> the fattiness of the chips. Well, what would you do if my menu I sent it to you was exactly that? Yeah. <laughs> I might actually just go for that thing. I'm gonna go, right, It'd be fun, though, wouldn't it? To have a fun sort of... I like to call them small eats as opposed to canapes. But <laughs> yeah, but I like that. Yeah. I promise you, if I did not like that, I would, I would say I don't mm. like that. I think that is so... Because I'm... I've now, what I've tried to do in my later years is I've moved away from just drinking spirits. Mm -hmm. I used to yeah. like a margarita and I used to like, I nice. don't know, a bacante or a mascal or these kind of things. And then what I realized, I was like, why am I getting so drunk? I don't really, it's, it's gonna be the margaritas. It's gonna yeah. be the margaritas. <laughs> I had a, mar a martini is like naught to 10. In, yeah, I know. Yeah. How the know. hell did James Bond like, Stay. Did Jenny shoot straight? No, like, what? <laughs> Actually, this is an interesting fact about James Bond that came to my head. So Fleming apparently wrote James Bond that so James Bond would have a martini shaken, not stirred. Yeah. And the reason why you have a martini shaken, not stirred, well, he had it, is because when you stir a martini, the 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 ice and the thing that it flows together, so it blends together. When you have a martini shaken, not stirred the water sits on top of the alcohol. So James Bond is sipping water, pretending he's drinking alcohol. It's actually just water that he's sipping from the top. Clever. So he's not getting drunk. Do you know I didn't know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is... It's really cool. That's a great that fact. That is cool. And that's why he always, always has a martini shaken, not stirred. It could be complete nonsense, but I it quite like good. it. 
There's another thing recently is the reason why in the West we're pretty good drinkers. We had this big drinking culture, beer and wine and things like that, is because how we used to drink water back in the day was we used to drink beer. That's what we do. The West would drink beer and the East would boil it to make tea. And that's why the East isn't, hasn't got a tolerance like we do. That's why we have such a big drinking culture, because of the centuries of beer that we've been yeah, drinking. You're absolutely right. So if we went back in a time machine to London or Edinburgh and you walked into a tavern 300 years ago and you asked for a glass of water... They look at it like you had two heads because the water was impure. But the beer was, was lighter, wasn't it? It was sort of yeah. 2%. And I, I, think that, I think there's a trend going back now that, 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 that people do want lighter styles and less alcohol. I was out last night after my show and I had... Um, Four glass, martinis. And I had seven <laughs> martinis. And I haven't stopped drinking. No, I had, um, I, had a, I, had a, I had a glass of red and then I was like... I want another drink because I want to stay. We were playing shuffleboard, which is so much fun. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. I love playing. I'd never done it before. We were having such a laugh. And I was like, I don't want, I don't want it to end. Like the fun's happening mm. and I don't want it to end. And I don't want And so I had a, a low alcohol beer. And, I, and I, it was great because the next morning I, I feel great. You know, it's, I think that's the thing with as you get older, the moderation. And also I think it's having like a glass of something really nice. I was in Paris the other day. And um, everyone there drinks, uh, like, a, it was like a Wednesday or whatever. Everyone is drinking glasses of wine at lunch. Yeah. Just, uh, and there's just, for some reason, maybe it's say, as a, maybe it's because I'm getting older now. It's now to a point where actually you want to sit there and you just want to have a nice glass. And that's yeah. what you want to have. Rather than drinking to get drunk, drinking is to enjoy. And I think yes. that's coming back much more, which is a good I thing. I just love the way, the way they slow everything down. They'll have, and it's always half a glass, really, with lunch. And no more. And they'll have one piece of bread for them. <laughs> Whereas I just hoover everything down. Yeah, I'll have six baguettes and four bottles of wine. Yeah, yeah. And the worst is the worst is when the bud, the salted butter comes, you spread it all and then you put more salt yeah. on it. And everyone looks at you and go, don't judge. That's what I'm I do. a tough Tuesday. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah, I just love it. Love I love it. this. No, it's beautiful. I think this is so good. As we thought. This might be my, and it's be my favourite English. And outside and this is just... What this has compared to, I think, compared to champagne, it's just this bracing acidity which makes it such a lovely aperitif wine on a really hot day. It's really refreshing. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. You're listening to Wine Times, brought to you with the help of our friends at the Sunday Times Wine Club, your go-to experts for fantastic wine. And don't forget, if you like the sound of any of the wines we've been tasting in this episode, there'll be a link to them in the podcast description. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're in... Did you say Canterbury? Is that where we are? No, no. we're in, um, well, Buckinghamshire, the Thames Valley. So sorry, we're just north of Marlow. So where are we going to from... Well, so how, how are we getting there to our yeah, next... Yeah, we're now going to France. Lovely. So it's Hello. Because it's so hot. And I don't think we've had a rosé on the series yet. Certainly didn't in series one either. We're having a rosé wine. Yes, please. Rosé's naughty because what happens with rosé is that you don't realise that you're getting drunk. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> rosé hits you. Like, suddenly you go, God, I feel... Because rosé's like quite alcoholic, isn't it? Yeah. And well, no, people don't know that. Well, also I think rosé ends up happening when you're on the beach. And you, you go... Just let's just get a couple of bottles. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're in somewhere. I we I, me and my friends went to Ibiza and we were in one of those, you know, unbelievably poncy beach clubs. And, and Blue Marlin or whatever. That's exactly where I was. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got rose and it and you know before we knew it, we're like, I don't know how many bottles we had, but then. Because we're all just laying down and we're like, this is lovely. Then we all stood up and we're like, oh no, this that's is what terrible. Happens. With rosé, it happens always. But also rosé can, can make you feel a bit sickly at times. Mm. Yeah, so it can. So I think the, the best rosés are dry and they have this sort of citrusy acidity and just a hint of summer fruits. Obviously, they have this wonderful salmon pink colour, which is yeah. nice. Very sort of blush, this one, isn't yeah, it? It's not so we're, too strong. We're in Provence. We're about an hour north of Toulon in a place called Brignol. And this is the 2020 Domaine de Pontfract, Cote de Provence. Now, Provence really sort of um, is, is the home of pale rosé. Right. And, 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 and the resurgence started in quality about 15 to 10 years ago. But the prices have soared. You probably, you know, you, you can buy Domaine Art or Whispering Angel. Yes. And Jamie, like you, I think that rosé is best enjoyed when it's not, a, it's not a wine that's going to stimulate the intellect, like a great white wine or a great, uh, sort of, uh, a great red Bordeaux. It's best enjoyed when you're outside sipping with friends. Mm. You don't want to think too much about it. A bit like Prosecco in that way. Can I, are all these wines on the Sunday Times wine list? Yeah. I am going to, they get it right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 like, I, I they want, get it right. Like, well, I, very kind of you to say so. I do want to say I, I select them. There is a little bit of editing, but but no, I don't buy them. I I I, I select them from all the wines that they have from the club. Um, That's like you, my favourite is... rose. I've been drinking rosé because it's summertime. <laughs> it's my favourite rosé I've had. I'm not even what what is something in the aircon? Like honestly, this is really delicious. <laughs> yeah, that and it's it smells really sweet, doesn't it? It smells sort it of smells sort of well. So that, that, doesn't give quite fruity burn. and. So how are we going to get this? So I always like to paint a visual picture. So we're in London now. We go up to St. Francis, wouldn't we? Yes. Business yeah. premiere, I think. Divine. TGV down to um, Gardenor. And then we could walk to Garden Lyon. Do you have Parmesan cross. at the same time? Would yeah. be a, a wheel? Is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> I, I sort of Parmesan. just drag it along behind <laughs> us. And then we get the TGV down to Valence. Okay. And then we're in the land of sort of olive trees, lavender fields and, and pine Is that trees. one of those trains that are double-decker? Because I find those yeah. quite exciting. We they're go on the top good. bunk. Yeah, but, but the, do you know what? So because I've got a listener who's a, he, he listens to all these um, episodes and he says to me, you always mention trains, Will. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and I always mention this because the thing about the TGV is you think you're going to sit there and look out the window. But actually the windows are quite small now on trains. Mm. And the trains are going very fast as well, obviously, because it's TGV. Um, 
But we're with you, so you would have brought a bottle of wine to have on yeah, the train, wouldn't definitely. you? That's and your thing. wheel of parmesan, so we'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. And we'd have a great time. I and can't I, wait. And I think you would have served this very cold with a bead of sweat running down. Yes. And do you have any sort of, I mean, do you like um, boulebets, the sort of Provencal fish stew? Uh, yeah. With a salad and some torn off bread. Delicious. Oh. Can I, okay, hey, can I ask? It, maybe it's just a brand. So why does everyone go for Whispering Angel? Is it because it's just a brand? Mm. Is that what it is? It, people, do we just all know it? Yeah, it's like Whispering Angel. Got to go for that. The well, trouble the, is, if you have too much Whispering Angel, you A lot of it is branding. <laughs> that is the problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you do. A lot yeah, of it is marketing. But, but, but the quality is there. That the quality is there, but, but but it does have that evocative name, doesn't it? Whispering Angel. Has that ever been on your list? Yes, <laughs> occasionally it goes on, um, and Domaine Art. But interestingly, the most expensive rosé in France, Clos de Temple, which is made by um, Gérard Bertrand, is in the Languedoc now. And I think that's I think it's nearly two hundred euros a bottle. Two hundred euros a bottle. That is a lot for, for rosé. What's this one called again? Uh, so it's twenty twenty Domaine de Pontfract. See, this is the problem with wine, which is so frustrating. Is that you go like, okay, I like the de Pontfract, and so you say Beautiful I like full pronunciation. Yeah, that's how, that's how just locals pronounce it that way. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But you have to remember the year because it changes from year to yeah, year. Yeah. And that's what's so frustrating. But I'm the, like, well, I just I can't remember what year it was. The great no, thing no. about Will is that he will just tell you some great years. But I think people do forget that wine is an agricultural as opposed to industrial product, unlike spirits. You are relying on the quality of the grapes that you pick in the Northern Hemisphere, August, September, October. Yeah. And you have one shot at it. And if the growing season has been challenging, there's been bad weather or frosts or, you know, um, lots of rain, the grapes aren't going to be as good and the wine will taste different. So 2014 will taste very different to 2016. And that's why in, in... in a restaurant, if you're spending a lot of money on a, on a, on a really nice bottle, crucial that you get the year right. Mm. And, oh the, and, and the year marries, okay. it tallies to the one that's on the list. Okay. I mean, that's a, so if someone brings you out a wine, you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, this is a 2013. Yeah, yeah, that's cheeky. I, I think that's really 2014. cheeky. What is the best glass of wine or bottle of wine that you've ever had? Do you have oh like a memory of, some, of something lovely? I had, okay, what did I have? See, this is where my problem is, is I'm so impatient that I just drink things without thinking. But I had, I went to Venice and we had a Brunello di Montecino. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I don't know what year it was, but it was good. Yeah, and it's a it's a beautiful village. It was it was. Um, I like that. I in, remember in, drinking in, that. It was really good. Oh, there's nothing better than when you, when you sit in a hot country and you have wine into the evening with. I and I always think like a date is always great when you have wine with a date. You're like because oh, everything just gets a bit more like smudgy and everything <laughs> <laughs> everything gets just a bit more sexy I think for some reason <laughs> but then it's also great when you have it with family family yeah. and drinking wine and especially when I remember when I got to a certain age and suddenly I was able to drink wine with family mm. and not feel like I was doing something really naughty or I had to like ask for another I remember the first time I was allowed to pick up the wine and pour it myself and I must have been probably 17, 18 and I was allowed to do it and I was like, oh my God, I, like this is quite cool because I now don't have to worry about them counting how many glasses I'm having or anything like that. And there's something sort of joining about it all. Yeah. Were your family into drinking wine? Would they drink wine indoors when you were? Yeah, but I think for some reason in my family, people are so particular over wine. I don't really know what I like. So I, I but some people get incredibly particular over what they like, as you probably yeah. know, Will. And my family are a bit like that sometimes. Mm. But one of the worst things I did when I got christened, I got a case of wine from 1988 
port. Yes. It wasn't wine. It was port. What? It'd be, yes, it'd be port. <laughs> port. I got given this case and uh, I had a party once back at uh, my parents' house when I was about 17 and I crowbarred it open <laughs> to get a bottle of <laughs> And I didn't realize what I was crowbarring open. And I didn't realize that once you open up a case, that's it done. It's, I mean, you, yeah. it's not as like expensive or what that you have to keep yeah, it yeah, sealed. Yeah. I honestly crowbarred it and we just drank it from the bottle. I think at one point I even pushed the cork down into it. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have that's you got any of that left now? Is I, then, that gonna I be... then sold the rest of it to my brother. I could find out what, what it was. <laughs> but it was really, it was like really good. That's it was 1988 ports. It's probably Graham's or Dow's or Taylor's. And Taylor's, maybe it was Taylor's. Yeah, it was Taylor's. And these wines will last for generations. I mean, they last over 100 years. If you ever wanted to resell it, it has to be in immaculate condition. Preferably, though, because you didn't have it in professional storage, it had lost value anyway. But what you don't want to do is think of wine like that. I mean, I, I think that's quite a charming story because it, at least you remember it and, and you've got a few bottles left. So the, the idea really is that you then go on to share those bottles yeah. if you have children. And then grandchildren, if you, have, if you live long enough to have your great-grandchildren. And you share them at points over every part of your life. So That's you have a bottle a when you're 18 idea. with your father mm. or your mother. You'll have another bottle when you're 21. You'll have another bottle when you're married, when you have your first child. And I think that's the philosophy about laying down a case. But I tend Damn, to buy... I wish I had done that now. Well, yeah, but it's almost a rites of passage as well, crowbarring it open. That's quite Why a funny Why don't you story. buy Sophie a case <laughs> I might for do your that. wedding present? Oh, well, do you know what I would drink buy? it throughout our lives? Yeah. It does when count. we get divorced, crack it open. <laughs> <laughs> it but what, you, that could be a wedding gift for Sophie. That's a great idea. So our final final, we're heading north from Provence, about 250 miles. So it takes about four hours drive. Okay. To we a region... get like a car with roof down, I think. Yeah. Yes. Oh okay. my god, great. Am well, I we, sitting in the back? Yes, yeah. like a child. Oh, we god. could <laughs> I mean, everyone's into cycling these days. I'm not. But... Cycling? No, we're not cycling yet. <laughs> cycling. We're going to go to Mustang. It's going to be great. Now, th th this is a region that sometimes gets a bad rap from people that don't know a lot about wine. Okay. But it's the insider's choice. We're going to Beaujolais. Oh, And we're Beaujolais. not having a Beaujolais Nouveau, okay. which is that sort of really sort of bubblegummy, sometimes smells of banana skin that you get on the third Thursday of every, uh, every November. I've served it at about 16, so it's slightly, I put it in the fridge actually, it's slightly cool, it will warm up, which might accentuate black currant and red fruit. Oh, I like that. Spicy, juicy texture. But this is a wine we should be approaching when the sun's gone down. You've had your first course. Hello. And now <laughs> it's the main course. And you've, you've mm. had, it, like you were saying earlier, you've had enough of the rosé. And you've got a chunk, it could be anything, it could be like a, a chunk of pizza or something. And you just want a red wine to wash it down. It needs, it, it will transform with food. I have a weekend this weekend, obviously like everyone does. <laughs> oh wow, Jamie, that's yeah, yeah. so impressive. Good that's for you, it, yeah. don't worry about it guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, we do this thing with my friends which is called Mystery Weekend. Yeah. Okay. Which is where, uh, what it sounds like, um, we all go and murder each other. Yeah. We, we basically, each couple organizes a place that we've never been to. And I'm going to take these wines with me. Brilliant. This weekend and claim that I just know about them <laughs> and no one's even prompted me. That's what I'm going to do. That's a great idea. Yeah, this Ooh. is just the greatest thing ever. I really like that. You know I really you like that. You get camembert and you put it in the oven, in the arg or something. Then you put some rosemary with it. Yeah. And then you, and so it's melted when it comes out. Yeah. And you have I mean, it with 
bread. Yeah, it would go well with this. And you need to make sure that no one's around watching you because you eat it like such yeah. a greedy little lady. And you eat yeah. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like someone else is trying to take it from you. I yeah. don't know why you In eat it. In the light of the and fridge. It's so, <laughs> <laughs> it's so delicious, isn't it? <laughs> you try and get so much in because you don't want to realise that you're full. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and you don't want to have to share it with anyone. But Jamie, you talked about drinking wine with your family. I love just drinking wine. As a meal outside in the summer. Mm. There's yeah, just something yeah. so nice about that, isn't there? My, my, my favourite memories are when I used to go to my friend's house and we used to go to Norfolk and we used to drink wine. And, and for, I don't know why. There's something about the, the English uh, summertime when it, it, it should be darker than it is, but it's not. And then you're yeah. drinking wine. It's just great. And this, these wines are good. And I like wine because typically with wine, I sometimes get that acidy. Like, yes. And none of these do that, yeah. which is, it's soft. Yeah. It's like you're eating a pillow I don't know it's just this soft thing it's also because it's having a lot of sort of bitter tannin flavour you could serve this slightly chilled with fish something like turbot turbot's overrated if you knew how to well it's difficult to cook as well it's overrated do you know how the candy kitten flavour of turbot we were thinking about a turbot flavoured sweet and then I went guys it's a little bit overrated it's a bit on the nose isn't it it used to be much cheaper than it was than it is now yeah really it's just quite. It's, I think it's quite. It's quite thick. Yeah. It's quite like a meaty. Yeah. Waxy. Fish. Meaty. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite meaty. meaty. <laughs> well, it looks quite meaty. <laughs> <laughs> I think this would. I, I that think would fly. This would go well with red meat. Yeah, I would. It would just simple charcuterie. The problem. The problem with wine, though, I still find. Not problem with it, but what you what I'm really bad at doing is remembering what is good yeah. and what is not. Mm. And I know it's so hard to, because there's such choice and there's so much, and you know, some days you like something else and some days you yeah, don't. Yeah, totally so you have to have agree. a real library of knowledge in order to remember. You gotta take well, this guy with you. Wherever you go, take this guy. If only like somebody invited, have it everywhere. if only somebody invented some sort of photographic library we keep in our wallets, in, in, our, in our pockets. Yes. Hey. I mean, what you wanna do is just take a photo of the bottle, but make a note. That note could be anything. It could be just a smiley face or, and it's, it's, crucial to it well, it, it, it's crucial to do it if you don't like it as well. <laughs> because you, you, you need to remember what you don't like so you can build your own personal classification. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start doing I'm going to take photos and make a library. I've never made yeah. a li- like, a, like an album on my yeah. mobile. I'm going to start doing it. Yeah. So what's your favourite of today? My favourite of today is the English sparkling wine. Yeah, the Harren It's Hope. so good. It is so good. Because <laughs> I don't so typically good. like... Things that are sparkling. Yeah, like, I do like. I, I like everything sparkling. My favorite drink is sparkling elderflower. I love sparkling things, but I don't really like champagne or sparkling wine that much. I find it a bit. Mm. This is soft and creamy, and yeah. it's not yeah. harsh in any and way. Pure and elegant. And well, mm. what's your favorite today? I do like the Harren Hope. It's a classic choice, but I like the rosé. Have to yeah. say, and I thought the Beaujolais. Was, was very nice. I'm really true. I promise you, I'm doing this mystery weekend. I'm going to take the bottles down and I'm going to do that really cool thing mm. where I'm going to go open up, open up the first one and go, guys, this is what we're all going to drink now. And then I'm going to open up the other one later and go, this is what we're now drinking now. And then I'm going to open up the red wine and... Serve this slightly chilled. Uh, with, with yeah, I'm going to say, I just left it at um, 16 degrees. Oh, it's a little bit cold at the moment, but don't worry. You let it... <laughs> do, don't on the that. table. Yeah, then put it on the table and then do it that way and just be like, you know, it's just delicious. This is what you should... And then I'm going to talk... You can have a little earpiece then. I could be, I could be <laughs> I feeding you what That's to what say. I, prom- I promise you, I promise you, I'll take a photo. I, I'm going to buy these wines for the weekend. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. 
guys. Our podcast. Yeah, thank you. You were fantastic. I feel like I rambled a lot about nonsense, but thank you so much. I'm now intrigued more by wine, and I'm going to go and drink more wine, and weirdly feel a bit drunk. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It's been a pleasure. It's been I'm so really glad they went this so well. Thank you so much. <laughs> from us today thank you very much for listening to this episode of wine times in association with the sunday times wine club produced by anya pierce and the series producer is ben mitchell you can follow the podcast so you never miss an episode just do this via your normal podcast provider and remember that all of the wines we tasted today are available from the sunday times wine club website from all of us here at amazing grace thank you very much for listening and we will be back soon with more wine times iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.